Welcome to Ridge to Ridge Outdoors podcast. Based out of Southern California, we talk hunting, tips and tactics, the outdoors, and everything in between to help our fellow hunters find success. Brought to you by Victory Archery, the carbon arrow experts. Supported by schoutdoors.com, the largest Southern California hunting forum. Sponsored by Archery Geeks Custom Strings. Use promo code RIDGE15 to save 15% off your order. Alrighty guys, what's going on, man? I got a special guest with me, good buddy of mine off of schoutdoors.com. It's uh, True Duck. He's up here hanging out with me to uh, kind of run through what he's been working on for the past few years. Drew, what's going on, man? How you doing, Brandon? I'm doing all right, man. It's exciting to have you up here. Uh, I've been talking to you for quite some time, and and over the past, I don't know, let's just say a year, we've been talking about what you got going on, and it's finally coming to fruition. Hey, leave it. it it's finally out. Mm-hmm. It's here, man. Man, let's uh, let's let, let's hear the intro on you, man. Let, let let's hear what you're about, man. Who are you? Who am I? Well, my name is Drew Miles. Uh, Christian, a father, a father of five, foster foster dad, uh, I'm an inventor, business owner, and uh, as of today, I'm officially the president of uh, Tracer, a manufacturer of the world's lightest uh, hunting glassing stabilization and uh, rifle shooting systems. So, dude, year and a half, two years in the making, yeah. and uh, I'm excited to uh, change the world of hunting as we know when it comes to glassing stabilization and. Uh, you know, being able to stabilize your rifle and shoot. I will tell you right now, man, that having the products in my hand, like seeing them on pictures from you over the past months, you know, and, and hearing you talk about them, like I, I clearly understood what you were saying over the phone, right? I'm like, yeah, man, that's going to be rad. But when when you have the products in your hand, there, there's like it all comes together and you're like, dude, there's no way that this is that light. Like, I, I, what was one of the first things I said this morning? I was like, man, I, I run a Vortex GT Pro, man. Things like five pounds. And I'm like, dude, this just saved me five pounds. Like, it is insane how light your products are. And, and the, the engineering behind them and the machining to get it to where it is, it blows my mind, dude. Yeah, man. That, uh, that GTP2 that you opened up weighs five and a half ounces. Yeah, dude. So, I mean, think about that. It's crazy. So, you're running out with your trekking poles. You already have your trekking poles in your hands. Mm-hmm. You're literally only adding five and a half ounces to your pack, and the thing will fit in your pocket. Yeah. So you're not taking up. I mean, space is a big thing too, right? Yes, you do a lot is. of backpack hunting, mm-hmm. and uh, a tripod takes up a whole side of your pack. I mean, they make pockets for tripods now, right? Exactly. <laughs> Here's your tripod pocket. Well, I know. now my my tripod or my bipod fit in my bino harness. Yeah, I saw you pull it out. It's it's incredible how small and light this is. I, I had actually told you too. I'm like, man, I don't see how anyone hasn't come up with this yet. You know, like there's so hunting has become such a, such a big thing with social media and the way it's on TV and whatnot and backpack hunting, like in the Western hunting has become so big. Everyone wants to do it. And it's all about, you know, space and weight and what everybody's running and what tripod, what pan head, all this stuff, man. And, and then you put this in your hand yep. and you're just like, dude, this GTP too. Bro, I'm telling you, game changer. Yeah, it's cool, man. I think it's not just hunting, it's everything, right? Everyone kind of just does the status quo, right? Like, grandpa showed me this, dad showed me this, or, or my buddy uses this. Uh, I kind of have this weird mind where I just challenge everything. Right. So I'm like, why? You know, why, why do I have to carry a three-pound or four-pound tripod, right? Right. Like, 
how can I, how can I make this better? Right. right. And, uh, I mean, this is my third patent. I mean, I've, I have other patents in the HVAC industry as well. I've got a machine that I invented. I've got a little widget that I sell a couple hundred thousand of a year, but this, uh, this one here, I feel like is like the, uh, crowning achievement right now in my life's work. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I haven't Jeez. slept for three months, you know, building this thing, everything from the freaking stickers to the packaging, bro, the website. I mean, I've been going crazy, but, uh, yeah, seeing this thing come together has been fun. I mean, my first original prototype, I sent them to you. I mean, welded up in my shop, you know, just yeah. some bolts, just holding, just proving that it works, you know, and then 3D printing them. And then, yeah. you know, I, I don't, it's embarrassing to tell you how much money I spent on uh, just machining prototypes that didn't work, right? And just throwing yeah. them away. Well, that, that's part of the game, though. To get you know? to this final part that is so perfect and just American made and it just feels like quality, right? It, it just. You hold this and you're just like, man, that that is American made. That is quality. Right. It, it does no play in it anymore. Yeah. It's just, it's just rock solid. It's it's an incredible. I, I'm proud of it. Right. It's nice to be proud of Dude. something. And, and honestly, this stuff is selfishly built. Right. I build this stuff. I like to say I build it for you and my customers, but really, I build it for myself. Right. Yeah. Like I'm out there in the woods, in the hills, chasing deer, chasing elk, chasing bear, and I, I want to be as light as possible and one of those find as many animals as I can and shoot right. as many animals as I can. So. I'm inventing stuff that helps me do that. And then through doing so, I help yeah. you guys do that as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? It, I'm telling I'm running you, this stuff. There is absolutely no play in this stuff. That was one of the first things I noticed, right? Because you know, you're talking about metal pieces, right? And, and you want absolutely no slop in this stuff, and there's not. You always, I always seem to find slop in my hunting gear. Like I do. I truly do. I feel yeah. like there's slop in my, in, uh, like my mount that goes to my tripod. I feel like there's, you know what I mean? You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I feel like there's slop in everything we have. And, and dude, there's no slop in this stuff. It, yeah. It's finely machined. Yeah, wiggles wiggles lose deer, right? So yeah. you're, you're trying to, any bit of wiggle in your pan head or in your tripod is, is you're going to miss animals, right? Yeah. You need to be as stable as possible. Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, dude, like this, we're dealing in thousands, thousands, yeah. you know, it's crazy, the machine that goes into these things. You can't even see it, but there's a, you know, there's a spring washer inside this thing. In here, holding this thing together, keeping it even tighter. You can't even see it. Yeah, you can't even see it. Because it's built right into it, right? I mean, yeah. the, the machining in this and the engineering involved in this thing, like I said, it's two years in the making. Yeah, it's, uh, it's no joke, dude. You, it's got you, my blood, sweat, and tears in it, man. And uh, I'm excited. You got a good woman at home, too, man. I'm not going to lie. For you to, her to allow you to be a father, raise the kids, hold down a household, and work on all this stuff, man, she got your back, bro. Dude, I have the best wife in the world. I have uh, four biological kids and one foster son. Dang. And uh, my wife is incredible. She homeschools all of our kids, and uh, I'm I'm blessed to have her, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. And she lets me hunt too, right? Yeah, that's even and then, better. You know, I had to invent a, a a hunting company so I can get out there even more now, right? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> building guns. I'm like, yeah, it's it's for the it's for the company, right? It's the company's deal. <laughs> right? Don't worry about you it. You know, and then now I'm just getting my boys tags. You know, my boys are 14 and 12, and yeah. we're hunting all over the West, and Dude. I'm I'm using them so I can hunt more, right? Yeah. I, I can care less about shooting an animal, but if I can get out there and Really, right. what's my wife going to say when I'm like, man, I'm, I'm going to spend some quality time with the boys in the yeah. hills for a week? Well, that, that's the truth about it. Me and you have been talking for five months about what you got coming up for your hunts, but we'll dive into that later and whatnot. But yeah, that's one of your main things. You're like, I'm just excited to hunt with my kids this year. Oh, yeah. And they're getting to that age where it's like, now they're not necessarily kids. They're turning. This is like where the most, to me, the most influent, I don't have kids. To me, it's the most influ influential time on a child is in that adolescent years where like you're going to teach them how to become a good moral american 
You know 100%. what I mean? And like being able to spend that time with them right now in the woods and whatnot, teach them those lives. Good, dude. Good for you, man. Yeah. Right on, man. Well, yeah. listen, dude. I uh, I want I want you to give us an overview of the products that you've uh, come up with, man. I, I I really do. We got three of them here, and I want to hear it. All right, so we got uh, three products. We have the GTP two, right? The GTP three, and the GTP RS. Correct. Um, GTP two is a dual legged glossing stabilization system. It is a essentially it's like a tripod with two legs, right? right so it's right. a bipod. All three of my products work with your trekking poles. Right. So all three of them fit in the palm of your hand, weigh nothing. The GTP two weighs five and a half ounces. Uh, when you're running like 12s, 10s, 8s, right. this thing can't be beat. Like I, I used to be all about running a tripod. Right. Now I'm all about running my GTP2, mm-hmm. right? As long as I'm not running my 15s or my spotting scope, I'm just running my GTP2. Right. Um, I mean, there's nothing out there like it, right? There's no dual leg glassing system, right? So uh, it, it has a 3.8 and a quarter 20 adapter on top of it for running any pan head. Yeah. So like my glassing system, when I'm scouting deer, I'm running a Kuyu Bino Harness with a water bladder. In the front of that harness, I have my GTP2 in my harness, like no backpack. And then I have uh, my outdoors and panhead on the other side and my binoculars. I'm running my two tracking poles when I'm hiking. Where I, when I get to where I'm getting, slap my poles on, dude. Yeah. Put my panhead on, and I'm looking for deer. Dude. I mean, it's super light. It's super light. I mean, there's yeah. a little bit of compromise there because you can't like walk away from your binoculars and leave them standing up. Well, right. But it's so much, you'll never glass off hand again. Yeah. Right? And, and it, you find more game. It is rock solid. It's stable. And, and you're finding deer, right? I'm out every weekend glassing you're looking for deer with these products. Right. Finding deer here in the local D16 Monster uh, Forky Nation. Exactly. Well, and then <laughs> I, and not only that, like I saw you throw that GTP2 together, right? Yep. It takes you two seconds. Oh, right? yeah. And then you put the GTT, or the GTP3 together. A little bit longer, but dude, if you do it every day, and this is part of your gear, you're going to be more efficient in putting it out. It's like, for example, you're hiking, you go, you get up on a knob, a knob and you want a glass. Like, how long does it really take you to get your tripod set up with your glass on it? Very, I mean, but when you first got your tripod, you're like, oh man, like kind of putting it together right. You know, dudes would just throw their tripod out, throw the legs out, <laughs> throwing clips, all this kind of stuff. And then they're sitting down glassing within a certain amount of time. It's the same thing. You're going to get so efficient at putting your trekking poles in this, that it's going to be, dude, it'll just be, yeah. it, it, it's a streamlined deal. Well, you the know cool what thing mean? about the GTP2, too, too, is like, like when you go off your tripod, you're bringing your big pack because you have to have a place to put yes. your tripod. Mm-hmm. So you got to take your pack off. Right. Like when I'm running just a water bladder attached to a vinyl harness, right. and Alaska Guy Creations makes one as well. There's a few companies out that make them. I'm just running the Kuyu this year, trying it out. Um, I do really like that Alaska Guy Creations vinyl harness as well. Their system's pretty sweet. With this, I don't have to take my backpack off. Right. Like, I just sit down. Like, I'm ultra light. Like, I'm scouting. I mean, you yeah. cannot get lighter than I am, right? My trekking poles are already in my hands. And I just sit down, don't take my pack off or nothing, slap my, you know, slap my stuff together and start looking for deer. It's a, it's a really slick setup, man. I am incredibly impressed with it. And this kind of evolved out of the tripod system. Like, I was right. never planning on making a dual leg. But once you started doing it, I was like, dang it. This yeah. is cool. Yeah, this this just using two legs for my tens is is awesome. Yeah, so, and I've been, uh, I mean, I, you know me, I'm a big 15s guy. Mm-hmm. I have Swarovski 15s. I've been leaving them at home on my scouting trips because I just want to go light. I mean, yeah. my whole setup is, you know, the only only that weighs any weight is my water. You know, my yeah. water, you got you know eight pounds of water on your back, but and that's a slick setup right there too. Your is. bino and your water, like your your 
you know, your bladder and whatnot, that's a slick slide setup. And to be able to carry all of your stuff and just go glassing, like say you're just going to go out for the morning, mm-hmm. dude, to go scout and glass, dude, that, that, it doesn't get any better than that. No, you can't get lighter. No, you couldn't. Cause if I was to do that with you, if you're like, Hey, let's go scouting. All right, cool, man. I'm taking that pack, right? <laughs> I'm taking a tripod, you know, well, not anymore, but dude, I would take my tripod, right? And I would have my glass on a barno, uh, my bino harness. So you have quick access and you got to pack water. In. Dude, it's just. If you're only going to go out for four hours, you know what I mean? All you need is water. That's it. Right? You, and and you, I've seen the pictures you've sent me. Like, it is a efficient system, and it's unbelievable, man. Yep. It's proud awesome. Of it. I, I would be proud of it, too. So, you you basically, the GTP2 came out of the GTP3. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, we started using it. Because the GTP3, we'll, we'll get into it. You have to run three trucking poles or yes. borrow your buddies. Or if you're like me and you got 15 kids, you're stealing your kids' trucking poles when yeah, you get yeah, there, exactly. right? exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I have my kids running trucking poles, too. I mean, it, I guess we should go on that a little bit, too. Like, yeah. if you're not running trucking poles, yeah. like, you need to run trucking poles. They're like four-wheel drive in the backcountry. Yeah. When you have, like, you know, we're going to Idaho this year, and I'm hoping to have my pack for seven days around 40 to 45 pounds. Right. But even then, that's heavy. Yeah. Right? And... Trekking poles are like four-wheel drive. Yeah. And you go and throw a bowl on your back, and you got 100 pounds on your back? Yep. Dude, trekking poles are game changers. They stabilize you. You're not falling down. And then you can, there's this, like, trekking pole lean that you, you'll you get when you have trekking poles where you can, like, lean into them on a tall mountain. Put them and, into like, your shoulders. Put them into your shoulders. Yeah. You're going to lay there for a minute. Yeah. Dude, Dude I, trekking poles are great. You you have, you are literally so I watch a lot of like YouTube hunting videos and stuff, but you're the one that has literally forced me into buying trekking poles and I cannot wait. Like I got them, they're coming on Monday, you know? And I'm like, dude, I got to do it. I, I got to do it. I got, it's a game changer, you know, hearing about it and seeing people talk about it and whatnot, man, trekking poles is where it's at because it's not like I'm hunting off the road. Yeah. You know, if, obviously if you don't hunt off the road, you don't go very far, then you know, you should probably still run. Like you said, it's four wheel drive, you know, it really is. And, uh, Big thing, too, is when you get a heavy pack on your back and you're shifting weight, you can actually, because there have been times where I would have just ate crap. Yeah. But my, my pole comes down, you know, like, mm-hmm. we hunt coos deer out in Arizona, and coos deer live in, in, like, tall grass covered in rocks. Yeah. So you're just, like, rolling on rocks all day long. Yeah, ankle uh, without, rollers. Without trekking poles, like, you know, you're, you're rolling down. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's one of the main reasons why, man. I can't wait. I was telling you before we started this podcast, dude, I'm not even going to run my tripod anymore. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't think so. I'm going to Utah in a month. I'm not going to take it. Right, mm-hmm. I'm gonna take my GTP two, and I'm gonna run trekking poles, and then when I go to Arizona, I'm gonna do the same thing. Like I don't, I don't think that. I, I feel as if my tripod isn't gonna go with me anyway. It's just too, it's too heavy, man. Like, and I know I could spend a thousand dollars and get some crazy light tripod, but bro, no need for it anymore. You know, I'd rather pack extra water. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, really, man. You come out if you're coming out heavy. You, like, I would rather be able to hydrate prior to walking out than to, you know what I mean? You see what I'm saying? It it just adds a level of, it just lightens your load so much when you don't have to take your tripod. Yeah, it you does. Know? It, I'm, I'm super excited for it, man. And I'm telling you, when you're running 12s and 10s, this is all you need. Yeah, and, I, and that's it's all I run is 12s. super so. stable. Yeah. Super stable. And I could see totally how that is, without a doubt. It's gonna, it'll lean right up on your face. You can hold the neck of it. You know, and, and it's, it is not going to move. No, it's great. It's amazing. You're going to love it. I'm going to love it. And you're going to be uh, the envy of your friends when you're going 15 miles in a day and, you know, they're carrying an extra 
yeah. four pounds on their back, right? I know. And I'm going to tell them, hey, man, make sure you use that R2R promo code. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, use that R2R promo code. Get 5% off. 5% Trice off, baby. TriceUSA.com. Yeah, dude. It's awesome. I, I, I can't believe it. So, basically, did, now, did the bipod on the on your rifle, did that spur out of the well, tripod me, aspect? Want me to talk about the GTP3, too? Or yeah, let's talk bit? about that. I don't know if I did in that little spiel. I kind of did. So, we have the GTP2. We have the GTP3. GTP3 is your traditional tripod. Correct. Except for it weighs seven and a half ounces. Yes. And it fits in the palm of your hand, and you can put it in your pocket or your bino harness, just like we were saying. Um, the GTP3 uses three three trekking poles. You can run it with two, just like a GTP2, which is fine, right? right. There's a lot of times, like if I'm out hunting, um, I'll run the GTP3 with two trekking poles when I'm running my 10s, and then let's say I'll, I want to throw my spot and scope on. Right. Or throw my 15s on, then I'll throw another trekking pole on there. Right. Trekking pole weighs like those ones, I think you're getting away seven and a half ounces each. Yeah. So, really, still, you're 15 ounces for your whole glassing system. Yeah. Right? That's nothing. Right? And most dudes have two sets of trekking poles. Right? Um, or you can borrow your buddies. Right? Like we go to Idaho this year, and I, I'm hunting with some guys, and I'm not sure if the, one of the guys I'm hunting with is going to be running a GTP3 or not. You probably will because he's going to be envious of my weight <laughs> savings. But uh, if he's not, I might be like, eh, let me borrow your trekking pole. So, yeah. I'm, only, so I'm still, not, I'm only adding seven and a half ounces to my pack using his trekking pole when right. we get to where we're going and I'm glassing. Um, it's a rock solid system, man. It's it, it's built for backcountry hunting. It's built for going deep and uh, it does everything you need to do. I mean, we look, we have these knockers sitting right here in between us. They're stable. I mean, yeah. We are rock solid. We yeah, are stable are. Just, like a, just like a regular tripod would be. Right. right? And you got that full adjustment you know, uh, from about 18 to 20 inches to, you know, about five foot tall. Yeah, you do. Right? It's, it's, it's a cool setup. I mean, it most, is. and most tripods, you know, you, you either have a short tripod or a tall tripod. Yes. This thing kind of does all that. Right. Um, it's great. I'm a, I'm a butt glasser. I like to sit down. I like to find a rock, right. sit down and, and this thing's perfect for it. Right. I, I never stand up in glass. Um, but yeah, I love the GTP three, man. It's it's cool. I'm not a I'm not a standard. I don't stand in glass either. Like I can, but I feel like I I'm just I don't know. I shake. Like I naturally like I tremble. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I feel like just standing there as humans. Like we're not rock solid. Like that's why yeah. we just kind of always like uh, you know our muscles fire off and whatnot. But I'm a, I'm an ass glasser too. So th- it is as stable as it gets, man. Like this is I'm looking at it right now, and you have total adjustment. You know, there's a ton of adjustment in, in your trekking pole, so it's not like it's not going to perform the way a standard tripod would in the fact that you literally attach your pan head and the GTP3 goes right into your, your bino harness. It, yeah. It, it's awesome, dude. Yeah, man, I, I, I like it. I'm proud of it. That's what I'll be running in Idaho this year. I'll yeah. run the three for sure because I, I like running 15, especially yeah. in that big country. Well, yeah, you're going to need um, to. So th- that's, that's my setup that I'll be running when I'm in Idaho. Yeah, I love it. It's it's a great product, and it, I mean, we're seeing people already. I mean, Lung Popper is running this now, and he's got an adapter on his outdoors and panhead onto his rifle. So he's running the GTP three onto his rifle. Yeah, yeah. You see that picture yeah, on yeah. there? And so he's got his gun stabilized on three trekking poles. He's not even touching it. And it's sitting rock solid on here. Yeah. So he can like actually lock his gun in. It's almost like cheating. Yeah, almost, <laughs> he's like, man. He's like locking his gun into a vice on the GTP three. And smashing on deer and elk, man. It, what are his thoughts on it? He's excited. He's Is saving he, weight. Yeah, man. He loves I mean, it. Yeah, I mean, look at the size of it. He's posting pictures up. And yeah. He, you know, he. It, it's pretty funny. You got to spend like 700 bucks. I was talking to the Gritty Bowman guys this week. They're going to be running this stuff too. Right. And uh, they're saying Brian Call just spent 700 bucks to get a two-pound tripod. 
See, that's what I'm talking about, <laughs> right. man. That's what I'm saying. And you're still buying pounds. Like, if you're trying to shave weight, if you, if there's another option out there, which now there is, right? Now yeah. there's another option. This is going to open up the door to a lot of guys going, man, hey, it's a game changer. Yeah, and I get it, man. Like, you know, I love, you know, the big, heavy, five-pound outdoorsman tripods. Yeah. I mean, I have one, right? They're great for truck hunting. Yeah. And they're awesome. But this system here is built for the backcountry hunter. Like, right. I'm not building a road hunting system. Yeah. I'm building a backcountry hunting system where you're willing to make some sacrifices, right? Like, I'm looking for the dudes who are dumb enough to sleep on the floor of this tent, right? Yeah. Right? Like, you know, I, I like we're trying to save weight everywhere we can, right? Like, we're, we're going, okay, well, I'll starve myself a little bit here yeah. so I can save that much food weight for mm-hmm. this hunt, you know? And, you know, I'll, it's just you're trying to save weight. You know, I'm going to do a titanium action on my rifle. That's going to cost you 1500 bucks. Yes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I could save you, you know, two to four pounds, depending on what you're running, buying a GTP3 for 350 bucks. And, that, and that's, a, that's the thing that a lot of people, like you said, you're not, you didn't build a system for road hunters. Like, you didn't build a system that somebody's going to go a mile. Like, no. that's not what this is for. That is not what this is for. This no. is for the guys that are going to go backcountry, and they need to save weight to get yeah. the essentials in or you know, to make it lighter, maybe they got a bad knee, you know, think about it. If you got a bad knee, man, if you took five pounds off your pack, I mean, just just generalize, right? Say four pounds, you took four pounds off your pack and you're going to go back 10, 12, 15 miles or whatever, you know, you're going to do a 20 mile trip, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, dudes do that. You go that far, that amount of weight that you saved by using your products. Huge, huge, dude, huge. Yep. That is huge, man. So, I mean, think about it. it. It's you. You hit it right on the head when you said that, man. You did not build a road hunting system. You built a backcountry system, and without a doubt, it's going to perform. Yeah, and that's and that's what I built it for. I built it for that. You know, I don't know, five to ten percent, five to fifteen percent of just like hardcore. Yeah. Dumb enough to you know find an elk and then sleep in the hills just so he doesn't they don't lose that elk. Right. Type hunter, right? The guys who are just going deeper, trying to find big deer. And that's what this thing's built for, man. Those guys, you know, there's really elite hunters that are looking to save weight and just go further, right? Get deeper in there, go into those burn zones, you know, hike through, bushwhack through, you know, like my spot I'm hunting this year in San Diego. I have to go like a mile straight uphill through bushes and rocks, no trails to get into this canyon I want to hunt. But that's what I built this thing for, right? Is for someone dumb enough to do that. Do that stuff. Yeah. It, it. You Save know, weight. and the thing that it, the thing about it is like you're going to go to your spot this year and you got to go uphill through this nasty, thick brush. On, you're not going to catch nothing on it. It's no. all you know <laughs> what I mean? Like you're not going to have your bipod get caught on manzanita and shrub oak and all this stuff. And you're sitting back trying to get it out of it. You know, this stuff is just so small and compact. It just it's it's amazing that you thought of it and you actually made it and made it come to fruition. You know what I mean? Dude, side note on that San Diego manzanita. There are so many times where my legs look like the back of Jesus. Oh, yeah. Dude, it's <laughs> Bushwhacking wicked. through San Diego. It does stuff. Tears you it, up. It tears you up. It cuts you. You're scratched. I come out of deer camp, dude. I'm bleeding. I'm like, man, like, how how did this happen? Like, ah, dude, it's just, it, it's bad. Like, San I'll Diego. push the chaparral. And the chaparral will get you, too. But when you get to a spot where it's all manzanita and you're like, there's no other option but to go through it. Right. Oh, you're just like, man, I made a wrong turn. Oh yeah, you're like, oh gosh, <laughs> I'm not I going go back up. It. <laughs> I gotta go through. <laughs> yeah, it. I mean, listen, dude, the, these the GTP two and the GTP three are amazing. I'm looking at your rifle right now. Go ahead and tell me about that. What do you, what do we got on your rifle here? So on my rifle is the 
GTPRS. So these legs are built specifically to work on the Spartan rifle bipod. Yeah. So we uh, manufacture these legs. If you have a Spartan bipod, my legs will thread right onto there. I really like the Spartan. A lot of the guys, backcountry hunters now you see on YouTube, you see on Instagram. Yeah. They're running the Spartans now. It's a really slick system, right? I love it. I love it so much that I built legs to work on it. Right. My only issue with the Spartan is it's like, you know, six, eight, or ten inches tall. Or you can get one that adjusts a little bit, but you're not going to get, you know, then you're going to be 12 inches, 24. Right. I want a bipod that'll let me shoot from six inches tall to five foot tall. Correct. So I built the GTPRS legs and that lets you do that. You can shoot from any position, man. Right. Kneeling, standing, prone. You have, you know, six to nine inches adjustment with the legs that come with it. Right. Those legs also, they come with rubber tips. Yep. But they have carbide tips as well. Yes, they do. So when I'm in the backcountry, I'm not running rubber tips, right? Rubber tips are for bench shooters. Right, right. Right? We're running carbide tips in the backcountry. So you got that, you know, it's digging into the rock you're shooting off of. But real life, like, you know, we watch all these, like, you know, long-range hunting films online. That's not real life. Right. Right? Like, I mean, I guess it is. Like, there's going to be times where you can find this, like, perfectly flat rock, right? Right. Oh, yeah. And you could get this long-range shot. Yeah. But most, at least for me, like, I'm not a great hunter, dude. Like, I just hunt harder than everybody. That's, right. that's my thing. Like, it's just... Just out there. I'm just out there just, like, getting lucky because I just don't stop hunting, right? I'll hunt from freaking sun up to, to sunset for right. six days in a row until I find something to... It's dumb enough to get in my way, and I'll shoot it, give right? Pill. <laughs> yeah, give I mean, pill. that's a lot of us, right? man. That's Dude, I'm the same way. I'm a way better duck hunter than I am a big game hunter, I'll tell you that much. But the the thing about the RS is, like, in the backcountry, like, those prime shots don't come up all the time, right? That right. lay down prone. Most of the time, you got to shoot off. Like, I don't know if you've ever done this. Like, when I shot my buck in the Sierras last, last year, I was, like, standing my pack up to get over yeah. this rock and this bush and having to shoot off my pack, hold the pack while I shoot, um dude that's exact that buck right here dude i missed that deer four times in idaho or in utah i missed him four times there's a video of it and it's because i literally was shooting off my pack on a hill like a, a slope right and mm -hmm. i was like trying to stay stable and it was just it wasn't good and it was bad i shouldn't have even have been taking the shots i mean i'll admit it it is what it is dude if i had this gtp2 some trekking poles dead deer dead deer dead deer bro so you know, the other option is, you know, you, you run a bipod and you're, you're limited to your size, your bipod. You can run one of these crazy bipods on your rifle that are super obtrusive and big yeah. and bulky. We'll get into that a little bit. Um, but then you're limited to where you can't shoot lower. Correct. Or you can carry, you know, like Primo shooting sticks, right? Those things themselves weigh like three or four pounds. Mm -hmm. They're bulky as hell. And I don't know if you've ever shot off of shooting sticks. I haven't. But I, I can't do it. Like, I mean, I could do it. Like, people like it. But when you put your rifle on a shooting stick, I mean, it's kind of like all over the place. Yeah. So, I mean, it's cool for 100 yards to 200 yards. But, I mean, it's hard to stabilize, right? I just shot a pig off one uh, last month. And you're almost like counting it because your rifle's kind of doing a circle. Yeah. Doing a circle, okay? Now, bam! Now, poof! <laughs> <And> smoke a pig. <laughs> and know? so you busted that pig off of shooting sticks. Then. Off shooting sticks, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah see, yeah. I've never shot off shooting, shooting sticks. And obviously, a ton of animals have gone down off of those. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, I would argue that probably one of the most you know uh if you were to count them up like globally that's what most animals probably go down off of shooting yeah. six but i just can't do it i feel like there's no stability in it and i'm just one of those guys that i have to have stability i didn't grow up shooting rifles right yep. and, it, and it's like i need stability and like i said man i wish i had this i wish i had this two years ago 
Not gonna lie. Yeah. It it would it would have would have cut my hunt. Obviously, it would have cut it in half because I didn't have to hunt as hard. But just the stability aspect of it, it's it. You know, it's it's awesome. I was shooting yeah. my, on my muzzleloader a couple of weekends ago. It was great. I saw that, and, and that's the thing with with shooting sticks too. Is like you're bringing things like just in case. Yeah. Right. So like mm-hmm. you're gonna carry this, you know, three pound Primos trigger stick with you just in case you need it, and then you end up shooting the deer off of a tree. Mm-hmm. Right. You have a perfect tree there. You shoot it. Like I shot my buck in Arizona. Perfect lean into. Yeah. It. I had I had, <laughs> had this this big long bipod on my rifle. We'll get into that. And I ended up shooting it off a tree. I didn't need to carry around on that death hike of a hunt this you know pound and a half harris bipod but i didn't know that right so i have it just in case and that's the thing with shooting six but the cool thing about the rs is is now you've you've addressed every shooting position right and it weighs nothing right the legs weigh four and a half ounces i think the whole setup with the spartan head i think it's like nine or ten ounces yeah um but i know for a fact that my legs weigh four and a half ounces right it's it's there's nothing here. Dude, there's nothing. So that. now I can shoot from prone to standing. That's my thing with these things. Prone to standing. It's the most versatile shooting system on the market. You're absolutely right. right. Now, it's not a bench rest bipod. Right. Right? Like, you can go get some crazy bench rest bipod. But this isn't. The Spartan bipod and my legs are built for backcountry hunters that need to freaking put a bullet into a 12-inch circle right. at two to 300 yards, and that's what it's built for. Yeah. Right? Like, we're, this is not built to be... Like, you're not going to shoot off your tri- your trekking poles at the range and go shoot a PRS match. Yeah, no, it's just right? not going to happen. <laughs> it's yeah, not what it's for, it. right? Yeah, no, this I This is get built it. for freaking smashing on bucks and bulls right. in the backcountry when you're on a 40-degree inclined yes. hill and you're sitting on your butt and you're trying to stabilize your, ro- your rifle on your knee. Now you got trekking poles right there. And, it's and the deal. cool thing is, it's a done deal. Your rifle is tied into the system. Yes. And it's stabilized. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if there's a bush in front of you or a rock in front of you. You can now shoot that deer and you're not having to find a way to stack up your pack and your buddy's pack and right. or put it on your hey maybe my muzzle uh, my muzzle brake rifle onto your shoulder real quick hold your ears I know. so i can shoot this plug deer. your ears plug dude. your ears here we go oh, yeah you know and, you know it, the main thing that this is these products are going to do like especially this right here your your bipod for the rifle this without a doubt dude uh, it's going to take a lot of anxiety out of making a shot on a shitty situation mm mm-hmm. mhm you know, like if you're on, like you said, you're on a 40 degree or 40 degree incline and you're trying to stabilize your rifle with your knee and on your pack and it's a buck of a lifetime or a bull of a lifetime and you can't get, get your gun to stop wobbling and have that stability. Now with that, you can, Yep. you're able to, you're able to get that stability out of your trekking poles and use your rifle for what it's intended to, right. And make a clean ethical shot. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's not. It's a game changer. I know I've said that, but it truly is. And I cannot wait without a doubt to, to put this stuff to work. Well, it's going to kill. It's going to help people kill animals this year. Without a doubt. You run this thing. It will help you kill animals because you're going to be able to take shots that you couldn't take before because you're going to be able to stabilize and take a shot. Right. Where there's there's a lot of times you can't find a way to shoot. Like I can't shoot here because there's tall grass, there's bushes or rocks, Mm -hmm. whatever. Now you can make that shot. Yeah. Without having to carry a giant, you know, uh, trigger stick or shooting stick with you. Like, like I said, the anxiety that comes along with knowing that there's game in front of you, you only have a a limited amount of time to make that shot. You got pressure of your buddies with you, giving you ranges, you know, just put yourself in that situation. Like I've been in it. You've been in it. A lot of people have been in this situation where there is a ton of anxiety about making a shot and that, you know, that adds into buck fever. You want to limit all of those Mm-hmm. issues that you can control and this these products allow you to 
limit that. Like yeah. it allows you to not, it takes a little bit off the edge, put it that way. Cause once you find stability, now you start focusing in and okay, you know, get that shoulder tight. You know what I mean? You start yeah. focusing in the shot instead of, oh, is this going to be accurate? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, well, that's what, like I said, that's what I built this for because I've been trying to find a way to, like, address all these shooting positions in the backcountry, and there's no way to address all of them. Right. Right? It's like, it's either, like, a tall one, a short one, right. none. There's no in between. This thing goes from freaking six inches to five feet or whatever, uh, however tall your trekking bulls will get, you know? Yeah. Um, it's great, man. Dude, stoked! It's awesome! It's awesome! Here, let's do this, man. Let's change up. You you've ran through all three of your products. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little backstory on how these came about, like because they're they're inspired. You you've been inspired to do these. Yep. So let me hear it. Let, let the listeners hear it. Yeah, man. Everything everything I build is inspired from the backcountry, from hunts I've been on, right, and from my necessity. Like I said, it's 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 a selfish company, right? Because it's built to make my hunts better. Um, the we're going to GTP three first, kind of what started okay. this whole thing. Yeah. So, uh, my father-in-law, I love him to death, uh, applied for elk in Arizona. He had one point. He goes, what should I apply for? So I go hunt him up and I'm like, all right, Barry, you know, apply for this unit here. You know, you got like 15% draw odds and, and selfishly I'm thinking, please don't draw this tag. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, at the time, <laughs> at the time, my, my father-in-law, uh, you know, he was overweight and out of shape, right? He was, right. you know, well over 300 pounds and out of shape. And I'm thinking, please don't draw this tag. This is, this is going to be, you're not going to do this, right? So, of course, one point, yeah. I follow him all Barry. God bless him. I love him. You know, he's one of my best friends, right? We yeah. hunt together, shoot together all the time. You know, family's great because you can share your spots and they won't, you know. Yeah, they're <laughs> your family. They're my family, right? He's, he's my hunting partner, right? Right, of right, everybody. So, sure enough, of course, he draws this Arizona bull tag with one point. And just like calls right. me, he's like, oh, "I got a tag." And I'm just like, "What have you done?" You're like, "Ah, right." Man. So I tell him, and I'm like, "Barry, I've got to be completely honest. I'm going to take a week off of work, right? Right. So I'm going to drop a week of work to go on this hunt with him. I'm not going with you unless you start training, and get in shape. Yeah. And at first, he was kind of like put off, like, like oh, man, like, what do you mean, like, what, you, you, what do you mean, like, almost like I don't want to say offended, but he wasn't like he wasn't stoked. Right. 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 That I was telling him this, but I was giving him heart tough love right i mean i love him he's like my father i love him and uh and i'm just trying to explain to him like you don't understand elk late season elk live in hell yeah. like they don't live like it's not like you know this private ranch with rolling right. hills public land elk are hard to hunt yeah <laughs> they, they live are. in hell you can get lucky but I, I i don't get lucky like that i only way i know how to hunt elk is like hard right yeah so uh sure enough he gets a personal trainer and by the time November came around, he had dropped 100 pounds. Dude. Oh, whoa. So he was ready. Oh, well, kind of, right? Well, he, I mean, he, dude. He was better than he was when he drew it, right? I don't think he was ready. I don't Listen. think he knew until we got there. When we got there, he knew why we said that, right? Well. So we, uh, we hunted this burn, and it was up a super high elevation, snow and snow on the ground. Every day from our camp, it was like a like a three or four mile hike back into this valley oh, to man. hunt. Yeah. Hunt. And you know, he, he buries 70, right? right? So I'm dragging him. And the whole time I'm like, I'm guiding and trying to find him a bull. And you yeah. know, he's, he's getting in better shape, but this is, we're in rough country. dude. Right. And we're on, I mean, not going to lie. We're on bulls every day. Oh, you were dude. every day. We're on bulls. I mean, there's just bulls everywhere, but the problem was, and he's way more mobile now. I mean, Barry's down like, like 230 pounds. He's 6'5". He's a big dude. Oh, yeah. Dude, he's freaking... 
I have, I'm training now, so I keep up with Barry. Oh, so it's, he's an animal. Oh, now. he's an animal now, oh, dude. It's like him. Barry's like in the gym good all the time. He's hiking. He does like he's like a like a three mile hike behind his house. Does it like every day up good this hill, him. dude. He's a he's a beast now. I mean, he's like in shape, and I'm like, I, I better make sure I'm going to the gym because right. I can't have my 70 year old father in law <laughs> doing know, me in right? the hills, right? Yeah, yeah. He's a beast. But uh, on this hunt, man, we're we're getting on elk, um, but he he's still you know he's still getting in shape. So I'm having to carry my my, my tripod, yeah, his tripod, mm-hmm. uh, his glass, my glass, and I mean I'm dying. This is heavy, right? And he's yeah. running a big, tall outdoorsman's tripod. It's like four and a half pounds, and the whole time I'm like, dude, there's got to be a better way to do this, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I had heard, you know, I listened to all my meat eater stuff and Remy mm-hmm. Warren stuff. If you watch Remy Warren, he uses a trekking pole to glass. Yeah. Like look off his, he won't use, he won't, he won't even bring a, a tripod with him. He'll use a trucking pole and put his glass on there and use it. So I started doing that on that hunt and I got, and I started thinking about it. I'm like, dude, on this hunt, I'm like, I could do this. I could turn trekking poles into a tripod. Yeah. So I got home and I have, I have a sheet metal shop and I, I started, you know, tweaking out and I yeah. you know took a, took a old, like a, some kind of Primo's pan head and then some other parts. I welded it all together, put some bolts on there. And yeah. sure enough, I think you pictures, it just bolts together. I mean, it looks like Frankenstein. Yeah. But it worked. How much did that weigh, the original one? Oh, dude, that thing, I don't even know. Uh, probably 12, 14 ounces. It's probably heavier than that, a pound. Yeah. It, was, it was steel, right? Yeah, it was steel. This thing's built pound. aluminum now. I mean, yeah. this is this is American-made pride right yeah, here, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm proud of this exactly. thing. Um, but way different thing. But that was just proving it, right? That that's all part. Idea. That's part of inventing is proving, Correct. right? Like that proved this could work. That's where the journey started, right? So uh, that hunt, um, want me to go into this hunt a little yeah. bit? So, yeah. So uh, he ended up getting a bull. He ended up shooting a bull, which is pretty cool. Um, but it took us six days. I mean, there was two nights where Barry couldn't make it back to camp. We we I will never go on. A, I have my big canvas tent. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I didn't bring any backpacking gear. I'll never again go on a hunt where I don't bring backpacking gear. So there was two nights where we slept on the ground in like 10, you know, 10 to 20 degree weather, like 30 degree winds, like snow, slept on the ground with a built fire with a sleep bag and no pad, freezing our balls off just so we can get on these elk. Right, right. Because right. Barry was like, honestly, it was pretty cool. I mean, Barry's pretty much like, I'm either going to die or get a bull. Oh, wow. Well, like he was, hard he was into know? it, dude. He was going. But we couldn't get back to camp. Like it was like, he'd be like, I can get there, but I ain't going to be able to go back. Yeah. So we'd get there. Yeah. And then we would just freaking freeze our balls off yeah. and, and lay there and then, you know, try and get on elk. Exactly. Um, finally, dude, the last uh, the last day, he freaking smashed a bull, dude. Were you guys Were you guys just being picky? You said you were on bulls every day. What, no, we just couldn't get Barry on them. Oh, so you couldn't get yeah, him Yeah, the problem it. was, it's like, like you could see a bull, but you got to go like three canyons. Yeah, to get to that it, bull. That bull might be a thousand yards away, but it's actually a mile and a half. Yeah, because right? as, a, as a crow yeah. flies a thousand. So by the time we would get down. over there... I mean, like I said, Barry's still getting in shape at this time, right? Um, by the time we'd get there, bull's gone, yeah. right? One oh, time yeah. our bull got shot one time we got ah. there. Like it was, you know, there wasn't much competition back here. I mean, it was, like I said, it was like, it was a canyon away from everything. It was a good right. burn. Um, but there was a couple of guys back there hunting in the same area. They had the yeah. same idea. It was surrounded by private and surrounded by a rim. So you could only get in there like one way. Right. And you couldn't drive a rhino, which is nice. Like I'm always trying to hunt areas where you can't get your rhino or your quads. Right. Which that is popular in Arizona, right? Mm-hmm. There's actually signs saying no, this is roadless, uh, or no motorized vehicles. So that's oh, really? why we're hunting this. It's, that's it's good. popular for people to like drive around their quads over there on the roads in Arizona. You'll see when you accuse your hunting this year, dude. Oh, yeah. You see, a, you know. 
a razor full yeah. of, you know, four dudes rocking, you know, $5,000 in QU each and they're riding around their razor looking for deer. You know? <laughs> <laughs> You'll see it, right? Yeah, um, man. Yeah, dude. So Barry freaking smashed this bull, uh, died in this hellhole of a canyon. I mean, oh. deadfall everywhere. Um, his friend, we had his other friend there. His friend was like 73, dude, like grumpier old uh. man. I mean, just like pissed off the whole time. And he actually was able to drive. There's surrounded by private, but you couldn't go through the private. Right. He drove around because uh, at this point, this bull is six miles from camp. And Ooh. I have to pack this bull, right? No one else is packing this bull. I'm going to have to pack it. Barry's not going to be able to pack it. His buddy's not going to be able to pack it. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's going to be a six mile round, you know, six miles out, six miles back, 12 miles round trip. So I tell his friend Aaron, I'm like, Aaron, like, go play the like old man card on these on this public these, this private landowner over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, right here. So he drives all the way around, and it's like probably 20 miles to get around back to where this ranch is, and he talks like the ranch owner's wife into letting him drive through. So it turned. It still was a crap hole of a pack out. So oh, it yeah. still was like four miles round trip, like two miles out, two miles in. That's a lot better than six out, six back in. Oh, way better, way yeah. better. So we end up. Uh, Cutting his bull up. We got out of there, I think, like 10 o'clock at night. Right. Um, I, did his, I did his bull in three trips. I will never again do a bull in three trips. Right. My knees swelled up. I they're mean, I bad, was, huh? Dude, oh, dude, they're so heavy. Oh, yeah, they're heavy, dude. <laughs> so you shoot one, and you walk up to it, and you're like, what have I done? I feel like deer are heavy, man. Yeah. I've never put a, a elk quarter on my back, and I couldn't imagine, but, man, I, I look forward to the day that I'm able to. But, yeah, deer are heavy, dude. So I couldn't imagine. You know, you did a bull in three pack outs. Three pack outs with the head. Wow. And uh, it died, like where it died was like in this canyon where we had to tie it off to keep it up because it yeah. would like would have rolled down this hill, right? Oh, and it, yeah. it like deadfall everywhere. I mean, it, it could not have died in a worse spot, Gosh, but dang. that's where those things are. Yeah, they did right? in that late season hunt. That's where they live. So pretty cool. I mean, it, that hunt, like I love that, that memory with Barry will live with me forever. Right. right? And I'll say, I say it to him all the time. Like, I feel like that hunt saved his life. No, I was just going to tell you he's that, like, dude. people see Barry now and they're like, they'll be like, is that Barry? They don't recognize him, dude. Like, he's like... He's a different person. Different person, and in shape, and like, you, he's rocking it, man. Dude, it's awesome. you told him flat out, like, hey, man, I'm not going to go hunting with you unless you start training for this, change his life for the rest of his life. I yeah. mean, you said the guy's lost how much? 200 pounds? So, a lot. Maybe a lot. 150 so, pounds. He's okay. probably, I don't know exactly where he is, but he's probably about 230 now. Okay. He lost a ton of weight, and he looks great. He's in shape. Without and, a doubt. And you said, now I have to worry about keeping up with this guy. Give that yeah. guy, give Barry that tag now, this season. Oh, he'd be... Different game. Different game. Oh, different yeah. Different game. Th this season now, like where Barry is now compared to what was there, because he had like seven months to prepare for that hunt. Yeah. Oh, he's a beast now. Yeah. Like he'd be in there freaking smashing bulls. He'd love it. He probably wants that tag. He's applying. He just didn't draw this. Yeah, year, of course right? not. We know? got lucky. Two years in a row, we drew Arizona bull tags. At one point, Ooh. we both killed bulls. Dude, see, I'm telling you, like I think it's a... Uh, I think it's an awesome thing that, that what hunting does for people. That happens all the time. Mm -hmm. it, it, it truly does. Like Hunting is more than just hunting. Yeah. Like, look what it did for your father-in-law. Yeah, Probably that, saved his life. That bull, uh, Ed, uh, bow hunter on, the, on yeah. the SCH, he mounted it for us. I actually used a cape from my bull from the year before. I had that in right. the freezer. And Barry's rack. That bull is full mounted in his house, man. It, it's like his prized possession. Oh, he loves it. And every time I'm sitting there, I'm looking at him I'm like, dude, I hate you. I hate that bull. <laughs> I hate that thing. It tore me up. But you, up. it's a love-hate relationship, yeah, right? Like, man. you look at it and you remember, I mean, freezing. Like, I use, I have these Kuyu mittens. Yeah. And I use those Kuyu mittens as feet warmers on the oh, sun. Oh, man. That's, that's, there's a hack for you guys right there. If you have those Kuyu big glassy mittens or any kind of mitten, like the long, long yeah, ones. Yeah, the long ones. Put those things over your feet in your sleeping bag. Keep you warm. 
warm and warmer. Yeah. And it was with no sleeping pad. It's miserable, right? We were sleeping on rocks. I mean, it yeah. was oh, yeah. two of the worst nights sleep in my life. But in the moment, it's like that. It's that you're so miserable and you hate your life. But looking back, and you're like, dude, that was awesome. It's a good like, hunt. What a, like, what a manly experience with my father-in-law, right? Like, we had to build this fire. We built this big old, like, wall to kind of keep the heat on us. Right. Did right? you guys have, like, a rock wall? We built, like, a rock wall around the fire pit. And did so it? kind of go towards us. Still radiating. Trying to radiate, yeah, right, you right. know. But we're, like, under this tree, in this hole, this death hole, right? And, yeah. like, there's rocks everywhere. And then Barry kept like kicking me at night because he was like trying to get comfy and he swears he didn't. But I'm like, dude, you keep kicking me, knock it off. Like, like, we're, ah. we're like at each other's throats, right? We're free. I mean, we're like borderline, you know, hypothermic, hypothermic trying to dude. get a bull yeah. all for a stupid animal. But uh, dude, man, I wouldn't take it back. He freaking smashed a bolt, 70 years old, public land, Arizona. You can't get, it doesn't get that's better awesome. than that, dude. It's awesome. It, it doesn't get better. It changes his life forever and he's, he's looking to hunt forward, I'm sure. Oh, dude, he's like looking to hunt everywhere. Yeah, right. He's, what he's, all he's about. building rifles and getting out. I mean, he's just we're shooting together all the time. We're hanging out together he, all the time. He's retired, I'd imagine. Uh, he's like semi-retired. Okay. Yeah, he's a he's a like a world-renowned geologist. Oh, he got, is he? He's got a volcano named after him, like underwater volcano. Oh, does he? Yeah, he's so he's a he's a professor at San Diego State. So <laughs> oh, he's like dude. borderline retired. Yeah, yeah. but um, that's awesome. Phenomenal dude. I, I mean, I love him to death. He's like my dad and uh, one of my best friends. Right, we hunt together, yeah. hike together, do all our stuff together all the time. And he freaking produced a pretty knockout awesome daughter too so that's kind of cool there you go man yeah. yeah and you were a lucky dude to shack that up dude Good yeah for you. yeah life's changed since i first started dating her and he was like chasing me around the house in high school you know at yeah. midnight and stuff oh yeah you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh man the first like two years of our we were dating we me and my wife been together since we were 17 the first two years he would call me by her uh her ex-boyfriend's name just to be a jerk her and just her brothers <laughs> dude just like oh dude they that's call, great yeah they they're uh <laughs> but phenomenal. I mean, I love them, right? Yeah, good family. Incredible. Yeah, we've been, I mean, I've been married to my wife since we were 20. Yeah, good for and you, I mean, man. I, 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 I love everything about Barry, Patty, yeah. his wife, and just everything about the Hainan family. So that's just. Dude, that's a that's a good story, man. Yeah. So you basically, you came up with this, the GTP3. On that hunt. Add that, out of that hunt. And then after tweaking and, you know, putting this together, you developed which one? The GTP two first. GTP two. Well, they all kind of came together, right? So right. I guess we should go into the rifle system as well. So, um, because they all work on this, they all work right. on tracking poles, right? There, right. it's it's really kind of a cool setup. Like these three products all kind of complement each other, right? Um, so the RS system. I'm going to go into those hunts a little bit. Talk about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Um, let's, yeah, let's do it. So, RS system kind of started on a New Mexico Audat hunt. Yeah. So I ended up drawing a tag with um, some of my good friends, Pat and Jennifer. Um, they're a married couple that hunt together all over the West. I mean, they killed some big old bulls in New Mexico last year, but they're my hunting buddies. Like, we, we're going to go to Arizona this year. They're kind of like uh, grandma and grandpa to my kids. They're right. going to go on my kids' hunt this year for Kuzja. They'll be there. So we all put in uh, Don Fithian. He's Bonjour on uh, yeah. SCH. Yeah. Me and Don and then Pat and Jennifer all put in for a party tag for a guided Audad hunt in New Mexico. So we found a guy who was willing, you can't draw an Audad tag in New Mexico in a group unless you use a guide. Correct. So we found a guy who was willing to do a public land two-day hunt, and then after that two days, you could, pub, you could DIY hunt the rest of the week. Correct. So it's kind of cool. So we kinda, you kind of use him to get the tag, right? Yeah. Um, so long story short, Pat and Jennifer got like the in-shape like CrossFit guide, mm-hmm. and we got like his sub-guide who was like not super in shape and kind of like he was a cool dude, but 
Yeah. Not the most graceful in the backcountry, yeah, right? No, I, I give it to you. So, like, I glassed up these odd at like a thousand yards away, and this guy just like starts barreling straight towards him. I mean, these sheep saw us at a thousand yards. Yeah. And I'm like, you don't want to go? Like, he just, no, I'm just going to smash through these bushes. And, and we're, at this point, I'm, I'm carrying trigger sticks with me, right? The big, heavy, yep. three pound yep. uh, Primo trigger sticks. Because I'm trying to, you know, I'm, I'm in, this, in this evolution of trying to find out how to get my rifle to shoot from all these positions, right? Off my pack or trigger sticks. Um, the closest we can get to these sheep was 450 yards because they've already made us. They're taken off. And this guy was just like yelling at me like, shoot him, shoot him, you know, shoot. Which is one of the worst things to happen, right? Yeah. In that situation, it's the it's not what you want. You want someone in your ear like, okay, you know, he's right there. Right. Take your time, breathe. Calm, cool, collective, squeeze. man. This guy's like, shoot, 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 shoot. We're in this like wash ditch with like, yeah. like pucker bushes all around us and, and you know, choya cactus. And I'm on these sticks on my knees just rocking everywhere. And uh, I, it was like a point. He swears it was like a thirty-inch, twenty-eight-inch big odd ad ram. Right. And I shoot and I miss him. Right. And uh, you know, there's my chance. That was day two with the guide. Right. Last we we're gonna have a guide. Uh, I miss him. You know, Don didn't get a shot. You know, and uh, if I would have had something to stabilize a rifle, I would have shot him. So yeah. leaving there, I, I we go back to camp. I said, okay, well, Don, we're going to, now we're on our own. We're kind of figuring these sheep out how to hunt them, right? right. They're not that hard to hunt. There's a lot. That's such a fun hunt, dude. There's a lot of them out there. There's a lot of them out there. And it's it's not a sitting glass hunt. It's like a mobile walk in glass because there's like all these fingers. Mm-hmm. And they could, and they move, they're moving all day long. Like, it's not like they're like up in the morning. Right. It's a fun hunt, dude. It's a good one. But they've got like the eyes are like, I don't mean the size of freaking softballs, you know, yeah, baseballs. And they can see you from a mile away. It's yeah. crazy. Um, so now I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to rock my, I have a Harris tall bipod. Correct. Which goes from like 12 inches to 24 inches. It's like a pound and a half. It's clanky on your rifle, but it's the only solution I have to be able to now make these shots in this desert environment where I'm not going to be able to lay down prone because it's just rocky and cactus and bushes everywhere, right? So I think the next day we didn't, we didn't get on anything, didn't get anything, me and Dawn. Um, day four... Don's a beast, by the way, too. Talk about dudes who just yeah. will hike you under the table. Don's a beast. We said, we're going to go. This I is followed it. him on SCH. Yeah, yeah that, that's it. Him. And like me and Don said, we're going for it today. 18 and a half mile day total uh, through up and down through New Mexico Hills. And we ended up on sheep like last light. And uh, we both, we ended up doubling. We ended up yeah. doubling on sheep. And I used that, that Harris bipod, got locked in. I shot him... Uh, I think that shot was like 400 yards, right around 400 yards. I mean, it's a long, it's a long shooting game, right? I mean, yeah, with, it's a with those sheep, it, it's 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 a no joke. I mean, you you better plan on shooting over 300 yards. Yeah, you can get in closer, um, but it's tough when there's all those eyeballs. Yeah, and they're you know they're constantly looking for something for something to eat them. Yeah, right. Uh, we end up doubling up on sheep. It was awesome. I mean, one of those bonding experiences, right? Like Don's. Uh, we ended up tracking it for two miles and putting him down. Like right. hands and knees. Didn't want to give up. Didn't want to give up, right? I mean, he got him a little far back. And those sheep are like, they're built for like eating my lions. I've never seen a tougher animal. Right. This thing took a seven mag right behind the ribs, had its guts hanging out the other side of it what? by the time we find it, bleeding. And I literally like, it was starting to rain. And I tracked him on my hands and knees for two miles. Oh, here's a little bit of blood. And then, you know, Don's like, oh, it's quit, you know. And then we're kind of like, oh, should we stop? No, and then we find out a piece of blood. Yeah. Go, go, go. That thing stood up and John, Don smashed him. But it lived. I mean, I don't know how it was living. Yeah. It took a seven mag through its body and it, it went like two miles, no joke. So we ended up killing his sheep, you know, gutting it up. 
carrying it out, and then got my sheep, doubled up on Audad sheep one day early on the hunt. Oh, uh, dude. Pretty cool. So now this, you know, my brain's spinning, right? So we're using that bipod system. Uh, fast forward to that fall, because that was a spring hunt, and everything yeah. about Audad, you can hunt in March or uh, February, which is kind of cool. That fall, uh, me and Daryl, lung popper on SEH, put in for leftover coos deer tags, and uh, we, we drew. Uh, we went over and scouted the spot. We, we put two trips in over there, you know, eight hours, 16 hours round trip to go right, scout right. deer, you know. That's how dumb we are, right? Looking for, uh, you know, a little tiny 100-pound 100, 100 deer. We're putting all this gas in trying to yeah. find them. But we got it. We found a good spot, right? Right, right. Um, this spot was like four miles back, and there's no water. So we carried in like 80-pound packs. We had to carry in like four gallons of water oh, each. Oh, man. But you got to do it, dude. You got to do it. You got to do it. You got to be miserable. There's no water. You yeah, want to you you shoot animals. You got to go where no one wants to go. That's right. And this place is loaded with deer. Oh. We ended up shooting three deer in two days. Public land coos deer, right? That's Gray ghost, dude. We had our way with the gray ghost that trip. Yeah. But uh, so we put one deer down like day one. Our buddy Vic, he put a deer down. Um, day two, we're glassing for deer. I'm running my 15s. Which those Swarovski 15s are meat seekers, dude. You yeah, gotta get them. Those SLCs, dude. Man, They're responsible for like 10 kills for me since I bought them in the last like three years. I'm fixing to get some, dude. It's, I, I gotta crazy. do it. They're great. Just buy once, you know, you never regret it. So I pick up this buck and it's just like freakish fork, right? That's the thing with these bucks. They're just, they're weird. They're cool. Yeah. Pick up this buck and he's like two mile walk, probably like a mile and a half away, but it's like, down a canyon, up a canyon, over three hills. He's like back in this little finger. And it's like this real tall, like cagey fork with like five inch eye guards. That's pretty cool. It's cool. Um, and uh, so I'm like, all right, Daryl, I'm going after him. It's just me and Daryl hunting together. I'm going to go after that deer. And so Daryl's actually like posted pictures of me up on SCH. Like, oh, he's going now. Oh, yeah. Going for yeah. Him. And like, you don't realize how far it is. So you start hiking like down this canyon, up this canyon. And, uh, I get to the other side of this first canyon and all of a sudden freaking deer stand up and there's deer like jumping everywhere and there's this buck running and I'm like jumping, there's a barbed wire fence, I'm jumping over this fence back and forth, back and forth, back yeah. and forth and I'm like looking at this buck and there's this one tree and there's like no trees anywhere and there's this one shrub oak and I'm like on it and I'm like, dude, you stop, you're done. You're done, dude, yeah. This buck turned around and I gave him the freaking hatchet throat shot, dude, right in the throat. Kapow. Kapow dropped him. And Daryl's got no idea. He's like looking like, what the hell's going on? Like he has no idea what's going on. Right, here, right. right. He he didn't even know I shot a deer. Right. And I have no my phone is dead at this point. Like I, I'm like trying to get a I'm like waving him over yeah, there. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I finally get up to this bucket. I'm like holding up this like you know hundred pound coos deer in the air. And he's like, what the heck? And he's like, ah so you know, he comes over and like, dude. Yeah. Oh, I should mention that on this hunt, I, I have, talk about inspiring this, I have that Harris bipod on my rifle because we're in that grassy country. So I'm carrying yeah. that pound and a half bipod just in case I need to shoot. But I didn't need it, right? Right. I had that tree. You leaned but into I, the but tree. I, but I have that one half pound bipod that's bulky as heck on the end of my rifle, catching on trees, doing its mm -hmm. thing, just in case I need it, which I didn't need it, right? That's right. the problem with all this just in case stuff that you carry in your pack. Just in case you need it. Just in case I need, need it, it. And I don't need it. Yeah. Um. So I'm like there and I'm starting to, I, I, Daryl comes over. And I'm like, dude, Daryl, let's gut this buck. Let's take some paracord, tie it to this tree. Let's go shoot that other buck. Yeah. Right. And he's like, oh man, great idea. Right. So, so we're like, we're going to double up. Yeah. So we tie my buck, hang it from a tree. Um, 
and we make this track. I think we got like another probably mile to go, a mile and a half to go over like three three hills. Yeah. And we get over, and sure enough, that buck is 265 yards, standing up, just like, there's a stream back there. Daryl has this tag for the fall this year during yeah. the rut. Daryl's going to... Hopefully he gets something good. Daryl's going to smash something good. I hope there, so. There's going to be... We have... We found in the middle of nowhere, like... An oasis. Oasis of awesomeness that I won't yeah. share with anybody. Dude, people have called me, and I'm like, yeah, no, it's not a good unit. You're like, you know? Nah, that unit sucks. You know what unit's good? This one over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't want you in there. <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, I'm hoping he puts it down, dude. So, so anyways, this buck, there's a stream. This buck's like drinking out. It's like this majestic scenery. Yeah. But Daryl can't shoot this buck. Because we're in 24-inch yellow grass with rocks mm -hmm. everywhere, and there's no trees anywhere to stabilize off of. He's like trying to do it. He can't get stabilized, trying to get his pack. So I have to then, I take my bipod off my rifle, we attach it to Daryl's rifle, put it on his gun, and he freaking smashes his coos deer, didn't we double up on coos deer within like 45 minutes. Uh, it just worked out. It, it ended up working out this time. This time, but he right. had to use my, if he didn't have my bipod, it would have been, I don't even know how he would have shot it. Yeah. Like he was like, there was like some deadfall there that was like all like really dead. He kept trying to put it on there, he kept like breaking, Breaking you know? in. Breaking in on him, like he could not get stable, right? Um... So yeah, we put my Harris bipod on his rifle and he smashed a buck, dude. So we ended up uh, in two days shooting three deer. Yeah. Having a great public land hunt, man. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I will never go another year without hunting coos deer. Yeah, I, I mean, do that. that you, I mean, that's why I'm going this year. Yeah. I've never done it. I want to do it. I think it'll be a great time. Yeah. It's going to be awesome being in the backcountry getting it done, you know? Yeah, my, uh, I mean, this year, my little tag blockers, my boys have, have hunts over there. Yeah. Right? So they hunted last year. We ended up shooting one buck. My, I got one for my, me and my buddy got his 17-year-old kid, almost 100-inch coos deer. Nice. My boys didn't get one, but we found a honey hole in this one unit. Yeah. That's pretty sweet, and there was just deer everywhere. I'm confident this year, as long as it didn't burn down. Yeah. There's a big burn going on over there right now. It's kind of got me stressed out. I well, think I'm right on the edge of it. Yeah. Um. My boys are going to get a chance to some deer, but the coos deer are fun, so. dude. That's a fun hunt. Yeah. You know what, man? Talking about your bipod and Daryl's hunt and whatnot, you guys could have, he could have lost that deer from all the, you know, fumbling around with you trying to put your Harris on his gun and whatnot. If he'd had that, dude, your trekking poles, bam, bam, would have been done deal. Game over. Done deal. Game over. So that's where, that's where that came from, right? He's going through these hunts and like trying to find this perfect solution right like i don't want to carry on a backpack hunt where i'm already carrying they're trying to be as light as possible and i'm having to carry in 40 pounds of water right right, right. stashed up there correct um which we're hoping there's still a few gallons stashed up there for Daryl this year yeah. right he's gonna go bring some in um i don't want to carry a four pound trigger stick to shoot over yeah grass three pounds three pound shooting sticks or yeah. whatever it is right like i, I want to make sure that I can shoot from every position, right yeah. and, and i do like trust me i want to if possible shoot off of that little six inch bipod Right, so that's why it has that. Would that. Be perfect. In an ideal world, yeah. I'm shooting prone off a rock all day long, and I got my you know my bag under the back or exactly. a jacket, and I'm fully stabilized. But ideal world is not, that's not realistic hunting, in hunting, dude. That's it's not like hunting. it's few and far between. These like these gunworks videos you watch where yeah. they're like they have like spots like planned out. They're passing animals so they can get these long range Correct. shots, right? Correct. Like we build these long range rifles. Like this rig right here is freaking sick, right? I've spent the last seven months building it. Right. You build it for those long range shots. Realistically, I'll probably shoot a deer at 120 yards this year. 
you know, it's going to be running away from me and it's going to stand up to look back and I'm going to shoot him. Right? Well, that's that, gonna, well, right. That's how it's going to go. I'm not going to pass him. I'm not going to be like, I'm yeah. not, I want a long range shot. Yeah. Oh, I want to shoot at 400, 500. No, I, I, I don't want to shoot at 400, 500 yards. That's man. what I'm saying. Like you don't, ideally that 120 yard shot is perfect. That's what you want. But the reality is, is those shots don't always happen. You know, it's like your audit ad hunt. You know, you're talking 300 plus yards. It's never perfect. Right? You're mm -hmm. never going to be on a flat rock that you're able to lay down no. and just settle in and just breathe and just let it happen. It just rarely happens like that. So for, for you to develop a system that allows you to be as, as comfortable as possible in those situations, it, that's, that's when I say, like, this is game-changing. Like, I call it, it the most versatile shooting system on the market. It's true. It lets you shoot from prone to standing. It's, it's awesome, man. Yeah, and man. it's for backcountry hunting. It, is, it can't be beat, man. Well, and, you know, and I'll be honest with you, one of the best, you know, one of the best things about your products, and I'm going to say it right now, um, there's a lot of a lot of companies out there that uh, provide cool products, comfortable gear, good stuff like that, but very few are made in America. Mm -hmm. They yeah. are, and yeah. and your products are 100% made in America. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, man. Every uh, everything I make, my t-shirts, my hats aren't here yet. My hats are. We were going to use Trump's factory, but they're a little backed up on out the elections. <laughs> I so, bet. <laughs> so we have another factory making our hats for us, made in USA. Um, my T-shirts and obviously all my GTP stuff is made right here in USA. And that's the guarantee you're going to get from Tricer is that we will not build our stuff overseas. Right. And, and we're this is just the beginning. I don't want to go into where we'll be next year. Right, right. There's going to be some cool stuff coming out of yeah. Tricer. Like you're going to want to be following Evolve. Tricer. Like you're going to be a part of this Tricer family. Yeah. But uh, – I've been to, to sweatshops. Right. You know, I've been overseas. I, I, I have a duck company, right? True Duck. Right. And, you know, I had to go. We, we signed a license agreement with a company in Dubai, one of the richest companies countries in the world. And uh, we go to this manufacturer company to sign this agreement, right, and learn how to make this product. So basically, we paid for their intellectual property to make these, cert, these certain duck products here. We're making them ourselves in-house here in San Diego. Um, and it's like a sweatshop. It's, you know, every dude in that place is an, is an Indian or someone from Bangladesh or Africa and they, they ship them in on work visas and they, they keep them in like a brick building. Right. They ship them into work every day. They make $2 an hour. Damn. Gladly. Right. And these guys are smart. These guys are like me and you. Like, it's not like, oh, you, you guys are in the Middle East. They're, they're not smart. These guys are, if they were, if they were born here, yeah, they could potentially own that shop, yeah. but they can't. So they make $2 an hour and they work 12 hours a day because over over eight, they get, you know, time and a half. They get $3. They get three bucks. Right? And they work they work seven days a week, six, seven days a week. So really? they get overtime, ship that money back to their families. Really? I went in that, uh, the first time I was there, they, they wanted me to wear a suit and I was in the shop in my suit because they're all big on, like, it's like class systems over overseas, right? right. And they're like, like, you're not, the guys in the office are better than the people in the, in the shop. Right. And I'm out there in the shop in my suit and these guys are making $2 an hour busting their hump. And I felt so sick to my stomach. Right. Because in America, my father worked in a shop like that. 20 years ago, he left that shop and started his own company and right. busted his hump right. to make True Duct. Right. Ground his pick to get to where he's at in, today. In Dubai, those guys will never be more than a $2 worker. Right. And that is so sad. Yeah. Right? And they treat them, I mean, it's just like, it's like a second-class citizen, right? I mean, these guys are asking me, like, oh, what, what kind of guys work for you? Like... I'm like, everybody in America, you know, white guys, Mexican guys, black guys, it doesn't matter. Right. And, and this is the exact words I get from these guys. Well, you don't pay the Mexicans the same, do you? 
They said that to you? Yeah. And I'm like, yes. Yeah, man. Yes, we, yes, yeah. we do. Like, this is America. Like, we're Americans. We're not like, yeah. it's not like second class. But over there, you know, it's like, I don't want to get into the whole, like, right. I mean, these are uh, Muslim-owned companies right. who think everyone, like, they, they treat their yeah. employees like dirt. Like, you're you're from India. You're just an Indian. You're just, you're just here to make me money. You get cut, we're sending you home. So that, that right. was how that sweatshop was? Like, dude, that's how it was, dude. It's insane it's how insane. all the countries work. And that's, and that's a good sweatshop. That's a clean sweatshop, right? Right. That's a clean one. Like, you go to some of these places in China and stuff where you're running kids or the Philippines. or right. Think about this. These guys are leaving India to make $2 an hour. Yeah. Imagine what's like in India where you're making a dollar a day. Yeah, right? that's great. And I, I've said it numerous times on this podcast. Like, dude, I've, I've been to places that are like, dude, there's no way that I would ever want to live, raise a family, I'm just so fortunate to have been born in America. And that's why, like, for me personally, it means so much when people say, hey, my products are built and made in America, right? Like, obviously, I run equipment that isn't, right? Yeah. I run Vortex and stuff like that. And there's a ton of stuff, and I I do what I can, and I try to do my part. But, man, that's why I get – it irks me so bad when people bash America, and they've never left their town that they've lived in. You know what I mean? See we what live saying? in the like, greatest country in the world where I could go and bust my hump for two years yeah. and create a company called Tricer and yeah. sell you products. Yeah. And other countries, they couldn't do this. No. They couldn't do it, man. We live in the, we are so blessed. If you can't make it here, you can't make it anywhere. Right. If you don't like our flag, get out. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's like, generally speaking, are, that's how I This is I an American company, and I'm able to do it because I was blessed to be born here. Yeah. Right? And, and I want to see my products made here. I mean, sure? and, and everything we do is quality, man. It, yeah. it irks me so much when I buy a $300 jacket and it was made in Indonesia. Yeah. Right? And they probably paid 30 bucks for it. I mean, sometime you guys are like, listeners should go on to like Alibaba.com and look yeah. up like Merino wool t-shirt. You're going to see your Merino wool t-shirt you paid 120 bucks for, for like $13 on there. Right? <laughs> like, <laughs> That's true, man. Like, it's just like. It's true. These, they're making these things and they're just ripping us off. And, it, and, it's, I, and you know, I don't want to say corporate. I believe in capitalism. I'm a capitalist, right? Yeah. yeah. I have like five businesses. I love starting companies. Yeah. That's what I love to do. But, uh, dude, there, there's a point where I'm going to make less money. Like that t-shirt you're wearing right now right. is made in USA. Right. You know, my hats are made in USA. I'm going to make, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to make less money on that shirt than if I bought one from overseas. Right, right, because ninety nine point nine percent of shirts are made overseas. Why is it made overseas? Oh, well, it's cheaper. I I have to. There's no. I I can't use American. I, right. I have to. Right. Well, I'm gonna make a little bit less money. And I'm gonna make my stuff here in the states, and I'm gonna put money and food on the tables of Americans. Right. Well, that's right? generally speaking, all of your products that you're producing, you're probably gonna make less money. Yeah, 100%. you know what I mean. It's not like you're you're gonna your profit margins are fifty percent. There's no way. Oh, dude, I can go and make these GTPs over in, in China right now for probably a quarter of the cost. Well, that's what but I'm, I'm not going to do it, man. Because right. these things, like right on my box, is born in a barn in Pine Valley, California. It's true. It's getting machined in Pine Valley by an American, right? Dude. And I, I have pride in that. I, I'm not like tucking my head between my legs saying, oh, we had to we had to move overseas because of you know, operating costs and this and this and this. Like I will find a way to make it you work make or it I will work. work. You know, I, I love what Henry Eiffel says. Made in America or not made at all. It's pretty, uh, and that, pretty that's kind of, I don't want to steal their thunder, right? And use that, but man, that is good. Like, tries to proxy made in America, they're not made at all, right? And that's how we're going to do it. And if I can't, if I can't make something here, I'm not going to make it, right? Right? Go buy it on Amazon or you know, one of these other sites, yeah. whatever, that's fine, but I, I'm not going to make it here. And you know, you might pay a couple more bucks for an American made product, 
But you know what? It's American made. Right. And if all of us are making our stuff here, you're going to be paying a couple bucks more for it because you'd be making more money. Right. Everybody. Right? The reason why yep. we're, you know, that's your all right, these man. NAFTA deals, these trade deals where it sends up overseas and, you know, we try and turn a blind eye to it. Yeah. Like I said, I've been in a sweatshop, man, and it is sad. It's real world experiences that make you feel this way. And that's why, like, that's why I feel the way I feel because I've seen stuff that I'm like, dude, this is not right. Like it's not right. And, and that goes, it, it's a vast, it's a vast like expansion of people that have never seen stuff that put them into a different perspective. Like I call it the Southern California bubble. Dude, th- we live in a bubble in Southern California, dude. It is, it, it is as nice as it really gets in Southern California. It doesn't matter where you're at. I mean, obviously there's some, some bad spots in Southern California, but Generally speaking, man, this is where people come to travel. This is where they, they vacation in Southern California. There's people that spend their entire life here and never leave, and they think this is what the world is. It's not. It's not. You went to a sweatshop. Yeah. Those people that work in that sweatshop have kids. Yeah. Those kids yeah. are probably going to end up working in a sweatshop. Imagine, yeah. I don't have kids, like I said, but imagine if I had a kid. I wouldn't want my kid to do that. You, the American dream is to have your kids do better than you. 100%. Right. And those individuals don't have an opportunity to do better than you. They don't. People that are like, oh, this place sucks. They're burning flags or burning buildings down, all this stuff, man. It's like they're living for themselves. They're not living for the, the better cause. You see what I mean? Like yep. you have to look at it in a perspective of like, man, I got to I got to make my life as good as I can to make others better. Yeah. Right. Well, so, let's, let's put it this way. Um, let's say you're a company and you're making three hundred dollar jackets. Correct. Right. And you're paying your guys are making whatever they are. So they're making two dollars an hour. Right. That's 150 hours that guy would have to work to buy that jacket he just made for you. I know. It's crazy. That is disgusting. It's gnarly. 150 hours. That's crazy. In that shop I was in, those guys, 30 of them combined make what make one of my guys make an hour. Yeah. Which is crazy. I know. Right? It's 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 greedy. It's, and it's not it's like, it, it, dude, it's I not. I don't like yeah. it. Let's do it here. Let's, that's what we're doing, man. And, and again, on that shirt, dude, that's probably the best shirt you're ever going to wear. I I'll love it. Right I'm now. telling you, you don't even feel like it's on right now. You know, it doesn't even feel like it's on. It's, it's quality, right? It's, you got to pay for You got to pay for that quality and you're going to get an American. You can wear that shirt. You know you're sporting Americans. Yep. You know you're sporting an American company. Yep. And not only that, it's a good shirt. Yeah. It's like, dude, dude you, can, you can go freaking get groceries in it. You can go to the gym in it. You can go hiking in it. It's a tribal and t-shirt. It's 50% polyester, 25% rayon, 25% cotton. It's, it's not going to shrink, dude. It's dude. it's a sexy shirt, dude. It I'm is. not going to lie. Like I, I like it. My wife has them, and she's like, give me more. She's like, order everything in. It's on. hard because like, all my kids are rocking Tricer gear, so like, I almost never wear my Tricer gear because I don't want to match everybody. Right. We'll be like going to church, and everyone's rocking the same Tricer yeah. t-shirt. <laughs> dude, it's awesome, man. I, uh, Without a doubt, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it up to my hunt in Utah this year and take a picture with it. Oh yeah, dude. Tag us on Instagram. You guys run my gear. We need all the help we can get. We're we a startup. We will. We'll dude, I'm definitely gonna push this and uh push it through all my people and push it obviously via the podcast and every avenue that I have. And and without a doubt, I'm not gonna be the only one pushing this stuff, dude. You got a great company, man. I think it's awesome what you're doing and and moving forward. What um what kind of hunts you got going on this year? So I mean my big one is gonna be uh me and Daryl, Long Popper. Correct. Uh, Kellen on SCH. And our buddy Vic. We're going to Frank Church. Right. Like, we watch all these videos on YouTube. And we want to do it. And we want to do it, dude. We want to go hardcore. So, uh, we're driving from San Diego, Idaho. It's like right. 17 hours. Mm-hmm. We're getting on a little bush plane. 
getting dropped off at an undisclosed airstrip. I'm not going to announce it on the podcast, right? We've been tweaking out on, on X forever, right? I mean, Dude. we have our game plans. And uh, we're going to left there for seven days. And we're, we're kind of doing two-man teams right now. Me and Kellen, we're sharing tents, sharing water. I mean, we're doing everything like as light as possible, right? We're planning on hunting from that airstrip. Like our goal is like, I think it's like eight to 10 miles to base camp from mm-hmm. there. So we shoot a bull. We already have that 60 mile round trip. But uh, on that hunt, uh, we're going to have, I personally will have a bear tag, a deer tag, an elk tag, and a wolf tag. Dang, it's four tags. It's four tags, dude. That's a lot of, that's a lot of killing. It's a lot of killing. And we're out there for seven days, man. They drop us off. See you later. Adios. You got it in reach? I have it in reach. We all have in reaches. Oh, yeah. good. Good. Yeah, Make sure you drop me a text when you get out there so we have that line of communication. I will. Because I have an in reach too, man. I, I love my in reach, dude. It's oh, awesome. Yeah. I have to have one. My wife like called like the National Guard, the sheriffs, everybody. Oh, yeah. in there. Me and my kids were uh, out on Palomar one time. Oh, Didn't dude. come back in time. And uh, she freaked out. So I got home. I was like, okay, we're going to get an in reach on this one. And yeah. In reach has been a game changer. The problem is that cell service is so good. It's like... Half the time I have cell service now, which is well, great. Well, at that point, you use your cell phone, but the times you don't. Yeah, well, you know. we're going in the church. It's There's not going to be there's service. Not gonna be nothing there, <laughs> there's, gonna be, there's no one around. So it's the most remote wilderness in the lower 48, man. Dude, well, after that hunt, man, I, I hope to be able to get all you guys on here. I want to get Daryl on the podcast. I'd like to get your boys on it. Dude, it'd be great, man. we got to get everybody on here and talk it's about be your fun. hunt, dude. Dude, we're training, too. So, like, that hunt there, like, I'm in the gym now five days a week training right. for it. I'm running. We're hiking. Daryl's hiking. Kellen's hiking all the time, training. Um, it's just going to be three of you guys four. And Victor, four Victor and Victor as well. Victor. I don't know. I've never met that guy. He's got a, uh, a tag handle on SCH. He's just not really active. Okay. I um, think, I, I think I've met Kellen once. I don't know. Maybe, maybe or maybe not. Probably Kellen, not. Kellen is awesome, dude. He's just a, he's a mountaineer. He's a hardcore hunter. And, uh, like I said, like, like all my friends who I hunt with like before, like, they're not dumb enough to go where I want to go. Right. Right. Kellen's like dumb enough to like for us to find a, uh, find a herd of elk <laughs> and just freeze his balls off and sleep on the elk so we can get, we get him in so, the morning. Yeah. 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 Right. Which by the way, we're hunting him with a, with a rifle during the rut Ooh. on that hunt. So it's going to be gonna sick. Be, it's going to be fun. Hopefully dude. they're bugling. I heard yeah. the wolf's got them not bugling. Um, so we're all training, right? Cause like, I think all of us had the same mindset. Like we don't want to be the guy that's holding everybody up. Dude, that's how, that's right? what, that's exactly why I train. And, and that's what, so I'm training cause I don't want to go out with Kellen and like, have Kellen smash a bull, and then I can't get his bull in and out and get back in for an elk, right? right. Or let's say I do, we do shoot a bull. We pack a thing out, you know, round trip twice. I want to have the energy to go back in and get my bull. Right. Like, my physical condition is going to determine that hunt. Yeah. Right? Like, I, you know, I could build the world's lightest tripod. If I'm not in shape, right. it don't matter. It don't matter. Right? So you got to get, it, it, and I hate working out. Dude. But I do it, and every time I'm doing it, I'm thinking about freaking elk and deer. Yeah. I'm thinking about that hunt, all the hunts coming up. And, and that's why I'm doing it. Because, like, when I, even when I was like signing up in my gym, what are you getting fit for? Smash deer. Smash deer. And they're like, like what? Well, yeah, I just want to hunt deer. I'm like, oh, what about building? I'm like, no, I don't want to get bit buff. I just want to be in shape. Yep. Right? Like, I, I want to be like nimble mm-hmm. and like strong and able to go deep, right? And go fast. Cardio, yep. Right. My problem is I'm just so freaking scrawny, dude. Like, I'm never going to have any weight on me. Dude, you will. You will. I'm telling you, man. I, we were talking off air. You're, you're going to put weight on, dude. It'll happen. I got to be as uh, I gotta be as light as possible. That's why I'm building this stuff for, man, because yeah, I'm man. just a... Uh, I'm a skinny dude, but you're not skinny. I'm skinny too, though. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm a skinny ass too, man. So it's like I, I, I figure out a way. You can hold the weight. It's good stuff, yeah. man. So you got your Idaho hunt. 
Yeah. That's exciting. You're going to take your gear out there. You're going to put it through the ringer out there. That's going to be an exciting hunt for you, all of you guys. And like I said, I hope, I hope I'm able to get a few of you guys back on the podcast when it's all said and done and we got stories and animals on the ground, right? That'd be for awesome. Sure. And then uh, what else do you got going on? You got your local? Yeah, locally, we're going to hunt. Uh, we were going to do Utah. We didn't draw. Right. All the tag systems have been so screwed up with COVID this COVID year, man. We, we thought we were 100% draw odds on some doe tags for my kids, and we didn't draw that. That was August 1st. Didn't draw that hunt. Um, locally, my boy, my oldest boy's got G13. He's got a doe tag. Right. So I, I'm pretty confident we'll fill that tag, right? Yeah. And then my 12-year-old's got a D16 tag. I also have a D16 tag, but I'm like third wheel, right? Like yeah, I'm not oh yeah. shooting, right? So uh, I'm going to fill their tags for my tag fills, right? Yeah. So we're, we're backpacking in. I got a spot that I'm working on. We're backpacking in. We're going to stay back there three to four days the first opening weekend. It's perfect. Um, I'm on some good deer. That's good, man. I'm on some good San Diego. I mean, it's a, it's a good San Diego deer. You guys yeah. know, everyone listening from San Diego knows what a good San Diego deer looks like. Uh, um, but they, they look better than a Sporky, I'll tell you that. Dude, I'll tell so, you what, man. If you you can put deer down with your boys, for your boys, dude, good for you, man. It doesn't yeah. matter how big they are. Just get them down. Yeah, it's we're, awesome. on, we're on some deer. And, and hunting with kids is a whole other animal, right? You're trying to get them oh, to yeah. calm down. Yep. I don't know what happens with my kids when they go shoot an animal, they fall apart. So you got to kind of really walk, walk them through it. <laughs> well, so, so do I, bro. Like <laughs> yeah, I said no, earlier, man, yeah, I, no, I'm a way didn't. better duck hunter. I could, I'll never, you know what I mean? Like yeah. duck hunting, I don't skip a beat, bro. You put a deer in front of me, I'm like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's it's different. It's a different game. So I understand, man. But, but my kids are, they're great, man. Like I've, I've been dragging them in the woods since they were three. Yeah. Like one thing like Steve Rinello always says, like you need to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. Like I've made my kids suffer. Yeah. So my kids, they, they just shut up and go. I mean, my they kids, will, it out. they just want to kill deer. My poor wife, dude, like you talk about my wife, like being a saint and right. dude, like my kids are just talking, I'm going to smash a big old buck. They're like, sound like me walking around like, oh, I'm going to kill deer. Oh. Where's this gun? Oh, let's do this. Let's get this. Like they're ready. We're pumped. Like in my oh, house, dude. it's all we're talking about is deer season. Right. And like getting after it. My one kid's a big duck hunter too. So we'll do some bunch of duck hunting. Oh yeah, dude. They both are, I guess. My one boy, he likes to talk like I do. Right. Like he likes deer hunting. But he likes the action of shooting deer. We went to Sacramento last year, and dude, he's just like, it, he loves blowing the call, and you know, oh, it's, yeah. it's his thing. Dude, there's a lot. There's a lot of movement. There's a lot of. Yeah, I mean, obviously you have slow times, but dude, when you're in the birds, you're in the birds. You're in the birds, you're in the birds, and then you're getting them, dude. So it's a good time. So, outside of that, then you guys are you guys are going to Arizona again, correct? Yeah. Well, I guess I've got. Uh, so that would be October, right? And then right. I've got the. Uh, muzzle November. Loader. Well, that would be December. Okay. So I'm going to do muzzle loader. So I did. I got a muzzle loader tag this year in San Diego. Right. I'm trying to figure the whole muzzle loader thing out because uh, I've got points now. I've got like four to six points, four to seven points in like almost every Western state now. Correct. I've been building up. So now I'm like, everybody wants to be my friend. I'm getting to Yeah. That well, point, they all right? want, yeah. Everyone's envious. Like at first, like, what do you do that for? Now it's like, oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like, I, I can pretty much go look at any hunt I want to go mm -hmm. on. Not any hunt, but I can go on a pretty good hunt every year now. It's kind of cool. But muzzleloader opens up a lot of opportunity. Correct. Right? Like, I don't, I just bought a, uh, my buddy owns muzzleloaders.com. Right. And he kind of set me up with a CVA, uh, like a basic muzzleloader. But I uh, put like, an it has open sights in California. So I got a 50 caliber muzzleloader. Um, there's a, there's an M6 tag in San Diego. And that yeah. runs from, I think like December 23rd to like New Year's. Right. But the cool thing about that hunt is, my kids aren't hunting on it. Yep. No one, no one else is just, I'm the only one with that tag. So it's like my one hunt or it's kind of like my hunt by myself. Right. And I can hunt deer in December, right? Locally. It's kind of fun. And you're not um, limited either because it's an either sex tag. It's either sex tag so as well. Could, yeah. 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 I mean, uh, 
I really want you to buck with it. We'll see where we're at. Like if we if we kill a bunch of animals by that point, I might hold out for a buck on that. Honestly, yeah. we'll, we'll see. See where the I, I look at, at looking at it. Yeah, yeah. We're, we we try to eat wild game in my house. It's all we try and eat. So and Mama doesn't like when I come home empty-handed. And yeah. Mama's like, you just spent a week gone. You didn't bring a deer home. You're telling me, bro. Like, what's what's wrong with you, dude? I went to Idaho. I'll be honest. I went to Idaho and uh, fell off a mountain. Spent all <laughs> this money, bro. Fell off a mountain. Came home empty-handed. My old lady was pissed, dude. And I was like, listen, babe, <laughs> you didn't fall. I did. Yeah. You know, my shoulders all blew out, you know. My ankles are swollen as a cantaloupe. I'm like, no, nah, I got jacked up. Like, you know, anyways. But, yeah, that's how that happened. But Yeah, yeah, big game ruined my life, dude. I'm so excited for that muzzleloader tag. Yeah. Um, so then back to the boys. The boys drew uh, coos deer tags in Arizona. Correct. The unit that I wanted to hunt. They had like a 30% chance of drawing. They drew it, which is exciting. That is exciting. Um, we, we got on the deer last year, you know, from our camp. It was like a two-mile drive. This year, we're going to camp in there. It's like a, I mean, 10 to 12-mile two-track way back into this spot, the middle of nowhere, park, and hiking it three miles in from there. Right. But there's deer everywhere. That's perfect. Dude, like those little bushy coos deer tails, yeah. dude. I'm just like, oh, I'm all you excited. Wait, and I'm dude. all geeked out. Dude. Dude, I'm, we're going we're gonna to put some deer down this year. We're going to put deer down something went way wrong. Yeah. They're going to have opportunities in that spot. I'm hoping it didn't burn. It looks like it's on the edge. I have some friends hunting it early. I'm not going to get a chance to drive over there. I have some other spots in the area, but that one area that we found, man, there's water in there. Right. It's really neat. It's a different spot than Daryl's hunting, um, different unit. Um, probably my favorite unit to hunt. It, it's, a, it's a cool spot, man. And there's just deer everywhere. I'm just. And we uh, we killed a good buck last year in there, man. We killed, we had got a 16 year old kid or 17 year old kid, about 100 inch coos deer. That's awesome. So we were in 50 yards, dude, freaking just That's stoned him. a big coos deer, bro. Oh, it was a good buck, dude. It was, uh, if you're counting like whitetail status, it was like five by four. Yeah. See, no, so tell me five this. Five by five? Because I've never hunted coos deer and I've never paid really much any attention to them until this year, mm-hmm. right? Until basically me and you start talking. I'm like, dude, I'm going. Like, oh, I got to stop talking about I know, it. And I was like, I'm putting in for it, bam. And me and my boy, we drew. And, and now we're going to go in November. And, and it's super fun. But I was telling my buddy, it's actually, yo, it's Brian. He's been on the podcast yeah. recently quite a bit. And uh, he's like, man, you're going to shoulder? I was like, dude, I should, like it's going to be my first coos deer. I'm like, I don't care what it is. You know, he wants me to mount it, you know, for the shop in here. And uh, I was like, dude, I'd mount it if it was like 50 inches. I don't even know if that's a big deer, but I told him I'd do it. So if I shoot something to 50 inches, bro, I'm going to have to shoulder mount it. You know, it's going to go to Ed and he's going <laughs> to laugh at me, but it is what it is. You It'll know? be bigger than 50. I mean, a small one's probably about 70 inches, you know. Uh, I think Daryl, like Daryl's deer that Daryl shot was probably the old, probably a five-year-old deer. Right. But he was probably only, I think it was like 72. Dude, it's just, they're, just, they're just freak. They're the cool thing about coos deer is they're just they're just cool. They're weird. Like right. they have these weird racks, right? Like right. they like they like basket over and they do all this weird stuff and they get droppers in there. I think and it's they just, awesome. They're so cool. I have a I don't know. I've kind of changed my thoughts on shoulder mounts. Like I have one shoulder mount in my right. house, and everything else I'm just doing euros now. Yeah, my wife really likes the euros. I like the euros, well, dude. I like the euros too. Yeah, I they mean, look I, great. I, they, I think they're awesome. You know. That Utah buck is, is freaking cool looking. It is, right? Look at you look at that little uh, can opener. Yeah, he's got up a there on that front. You know, it's pretty cool. But yeah. He's but, heavy too, man. Yeah, he's real heavy, dude. I don't know. I've never scored him. I don't he's probably a hundred inches. No, he's bigger than that. You think? Yeah, he's probably yeah, maybe a hundred. Not much going on up there, but he, he's a good buck. Dude, it's sweet. I I just I think he's a great buck. I was like, man, that's a good buck. But anyways, yeah, dude, it's uh You're gonna love it. Like dude, it's I can't like wait. if you like like big country and glassing, you're gonna love, and it. it's just like you gotta stay in the glass. Yeah. That's the thing. That's like I tell everybody all the time. Like I'm not a good hunter. 
I just freaking out glass you and out yeah. you. Like, I'll just stay out there and glass all day long. Yeah. You know, and find a deer at one or two in the afternoon. Yeah. Right? So you got to stay in the glass from freaking sunrise. Yeah. Sure, they're moving around then. They're also moving. Like, I see coos you're moving in the middle of the day. Midday, bro. Midday. Midday. The bucks move around. And they kind of stay in their own little area, right? They yeah. kind of, you just got to find them. And I kid you not, like, when we shot that buck last year, he killed that buck. All of a sudden, like, four deer stood up. I was watching that buck for like two hours before we got him on it. Right. Never saw I any never other deer. I never saw yeah. the other deer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you saw. shoot him and everything gets stood up. And it's like, where they're so small. I yeah. mean, like, I have a Weimariner and they're like, they're like that. Like, these little gray little 100 pound yeah. deer. Dude, I'm but just excited are, to do you're it. You're going to have so much fun, dude. I, I, I can't, I can't, I don't know, man. Like you said, big games ruin my life, too, man. It's like all I want to do. My chick wants to go on vacation. I'm like, yeah, let's go, you know. But in the back of my head, I'm like, man, yeah. can't wait to be deer hunting. You know what I mean? Like, it's all, I, it's all I think about. It's all I do. That's all I do is big game. Well, I mean, you know, I should say preference that. All I do is hunt, right? Because my first love's with ducks and upland. But the reality is, is, dude, big game has just destroyed my life. You yeah, know, it, yeah, it has. It's That's just, I'm addicted to it, you know. It is, so, a, it is a tough balance, too, with like the is. wife, like, trying to, like, I try and do, like, a trip. We're foster parents now, so we couldn't do a trip this year, plus right. COVID kind of screwed everything. We yes. typically try and do, like, a one-week together trip, vacation, right? Because you got to give that time to your wife and your family, yeah. right? So we do a date night every week. Oh, yeah. Do that thing, man. Um, you got to put your family first. Yeah, family first for sure. But you just want to selfishly be hunting all the time, all right? The time. Like, my wife's talking to me, and she's like, you're not even listening to me right now. I'm like, like, yes, but I'm thinking about whatever, you know, like, how can I draw this tag? new episode of Meat Eaters on. Yeah, you know, I'm on Go Hunt, like, tweaking out. I'm already looking at next year's tags. Like, well, dude, if I got this muzzler, like, uh, John Anderson, MBK on SCH, like, he's getting a muzzler now. I'm like, we're constantly, okay, well, we could do this hunt here in New Mexico. Like, like, there's a bunch in New Mexico you could do for bulls with a muzzler where your odds are, like, 6 to 8%. To right. draw, which doesn't sound like a lot, but uh, compared to a dude. rifle where it's like 1%. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's huge. You know, you're six times more likely to draw. To, to draw it. And 6%, I'll take those odds every day. Dude, I... Uh, Someone's going to draw it. Might I as cannot, well be me. I can't believe California's point creep so gnarly. Dude, I, don't, I can't believe anything about California. I, dude, I'm <laughs> like, I'm, I I was telling everybody that I know. I'm like, dude, let's blow my seven points. Either. Let's get like three guys and go to some unit that's going to take a point to draw. You, you know? got to draw X9A now. You got to do it. I'm committed. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm invested, but it's like, man, well, you know what? I'm going to kick myself right in the teeth if next year I don't draw it. Yeah. I mean, like, dude, that could have been another cool hunt that I could have went on with my buddies if we just burned. But I just want to hunt, dude. Like the, the point game, the long game is cool. And I, 32 years old, 33 years old, if I draw my points out dude who knows where i'd be when i'm 55 with all these points you know what i mean like you don't i don't know do california points max out every year like they they add a point every year now yeah yeah so like i I wouldn't max out that's what i'm saying so if i don't draw say if i was doing like g3 or something you know what i mean even with max points you have one percent draw well well, that's what i'm saying (laughs) and that's what i'm saying like dude i could be 55 putting in for this thing and still not drawing it you'll draw x9a i mean you're gonna draw that hunt well right x9a it's a cool hunt like i I mean last year i wouldn't hunt x9b you know that yeah and i had all these like you know grander dreams of shooting a giant buck coming off the park and yeah i hunted my butt off and ended up passing on bigger deer than i shot yeah. I went back up there last weekend, shot a buck. Well, but uh, it's a, it's just a cool area. You know, it's cool to have that in California. I want to do it um, the way I... 9A, it's going to be good, right? You know, and it's been, like, since that big die-off, it's been, like, yeah. three or four years, and they're only doing 200 tags. You got to draw it. I think this At year, I think this year, everyone just kind of blew their points and wanted to stay local. I don't know. People are scared. 
Well, they want to fill freezers, man. COVID scared a lot of people. And it's like some people probably said, hey, I got 10 points, and I don't know if next year is guaranteed, so let's burn them. Yeah, I you know what I mean. Yeah. So that I think that put a lot in perspective. But I've been saying that since. I mean, I was telling you that, like, dude, I truly think, you know, two things were going to happen. A, people were either all going to burn their points, or people weren't going to burn their points because they were scared, and that you were going to be able to draw units that you wouldn't normally with the amount of points that you had. Right? Obviously, it worked in the other favor, and people that should have drawn weren't drawn because everybody with more points were grabbing them. But I think next year, see what happens. Right. Yeah, man. It's a. Uh, I hunted that unit with Johnny. Well, I didn't hunt. I was just you're rolling with, around with him, helping him out. Right. He had the tag, and one of the most frustrating things is people would burn their points in that unit, and uh, they just shoot little forks. Yeah, right off the road. Right off the road. Cause that's that's the thing with that unit is like if people like it because you could you could really be mobile, right? Yeah. Like it's not like you could do backcountry stuff. But a lot of dudes just draw it, and they may be deer hunting every at that point every three or four years, right? Because you used to be able to draw with three or four points. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh. They would just road hunt and just shoot little San Diego bucks. And you're like, dude, like you're here to shoot these big bucks. But then you talk to other guys and they're like, no, I ain't shooting a buck because it's over, you know, 30 inches wide. Yeah. Well, and I there's mean, deer up there. Yeah. You but find they're them. not everywhere. You just got to find them, right? I was just, I was just so gung ho on hunting it, man. I was talking to Garrett with uh, Taff Hunter. Yeah. Like Garrett. That's a beast. Dude, that guy's badass, dude. I like that guy. Anyways, I was talking to him and he had got me so fired up on X9A, you know, and, and I was just pumped on it. And, and then to not draw it was like, kicked right in the mouth and i was like oh yeah. gosh dang it it is what it is but you know i got a good season coming man i'm excited you got a good good season uh man i i'm pumped uh you got anything you want to add i mean nothing really man go online buy a t-shirt buy a gtp2 yeah. gtp3 yeah. buy something man we, we went all in on this thing we're broke man yeah. we need to sell some Let's products yeah guys all the listeners and all the gals you know make sure you go on to tricer what is it what's the website tricer usa tricerusa.com we're on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram. Like us on Instagram. We're Correct. really we're we're actually kind of social media driven. Yep. We don't have salesmen. We can't afford salesmen. Correct. So we need you guys, you know, sharing our yes. stuff, doing our thing. Exactly. If you go on Trice USA and use a promo code R two R for Ridge yeah. to Ridge, mm -hmm. you're gonna get five percent off your order. Yeah, gonna help you guys out. You guys need a you guys need to get on there and support local business. All of this stuff once again is American made. It's a startup company. Great product. You guys aren't going to be disappointed. I'm sure more and more content's going to come out on this stuff, and and I'm excited to see this stuff perform in the field, man. I appreciate it coming on up here, man. No problem. Thanks for having me on, man. Right on, bro. You good to go? Good to go. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>